listening to the Punchless Podcast, a show dedicated to the custom home building and remodeling industry. My name is Ian MacDonald. I'm a mortgage loan originator specializing in custom home financing and remodeling financing. With me is Matt Birdwell, division president of a local custom home builder, and Jen O'Neill, operating partner who basically protects you from the most annoying thing in the world, mosquitoes. Welcome back to the Punchless Podcast. My name is Ian McDonald. I'm here with my co-host, Jen O'Neill. And I would say we're flying solo today, but there's two of us. So we're more like a bicycle instead of a tricycle because Matt Birdwell is not here. Matt is out making somebody's custom home dreams come true. So Matt, we miss you, but uh, we're going to do our best to hold it down today. Today, our guest on the Punchless Podcast is Dan Nichols from DesignWorks. Yeah, and DesignWorks is a pretty impressive company here locally in Jacksonville, but also all across Florida with nine different amazing showrooms, having been in business for over 55 years. And Dan himself is definitely an expert in this industry. He's been in this industry for over 30 years, originally coming from South Carolina. Is that right, Dan? Yes, I was born in Beaufort, South Carolina. Amazing. Well, we're so excited to have you on the show today to tell us more about all that design works provides from tile, stone, cabinetry, and granite. And uh, I think let's dive right in. So how did you get into this this space? You've obviously been in the industry for a very long time, and I know you have some architectural background. Uh, what led you to kind of this industry? I was actually up in Atlanta working for a builder named John Whelan Homes, and I left John Whelan Homes to go to work for a company called Tile Contractor Supply, which would later become Traditions in Tile. So I kind of stumbled into the tile part of it. You've been stuck ever since. Exactly. Yeah. They say it's like the mafia. Once you're in, you can't get out. There you go. Well, good. Well, Tell us a little bit about what you do at DesignWorks and, and tell us so we know so our audience knows who they're talking to and kind of what get to know you a little bit. What do you do at DesignWorks and how do you relate to the custom building and remodeling world? I'm the outside sales rep for DesignWorks and I call on custom home builders, remodelers, residential designers, as well as commercial designers. All right. And DesignWorks is kind of your interior finishes of flooring, tile, cabinets, and countertops, right? Correct. Did I miss anything in there? Uh, We do have a shutter division down south. All right. So, yes, you did miss something, Ian. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And DesignWorks is, while they're local, has a huge, amazing showroom here in Jacksonville. Jen, would you say nine locations out the state of Florida? Yeah, nine different locations. Is Jacksonville the largest? Because when we had our custom home builder and remodeler event there a couple weeks ago, I mean, I don't know about you, Ian, but I was so impressed with how big this space is and beautiful and constantly my eyes were just jumping from one thing to the next. Naples and Sarasota are about the the same scope and size. Wow, that's impressive. Have you visited all the different locations? I have not visited all the different locations. You're kind of really entrenched in the North Florida area. Exactly. Awesome. So what's the process look like when somebody is wanting to work with you? Are you working directly with the homeowner? Are you working directly with the custom builder? Walk us through kind of your day-to-day process. So many times the custom builder will be working with a designer and the designer will bring the client into our showroom and we'll get started. Normally we start out with the cabinets and the countertops. That's, you know, going to be the starting point and then we'll move into the tile. 
Gotcha. And so that's the fun stuff. You know, when you're somebody's building a home, yeah, you've got the framing, the lumber and stuff, but you guys get the benefit of working with folks when it's the fun stuff, right? It's the colorful, fun, personal pieces that they get to pick out. What out of those four areas we talked about, which do you enjoy the most working with? Obviously the tile and I would say second, the countertops. All right. Why is that? Um, there's so many choices with tile today, and it's changed so much over the years. Uh, there's, you know, the, keeping up with the trends and the sizes and the and the technology, and then the countertops has just always fascinated me. I I love the fact that you know we do a lot with quartz countertops. You know that's become very popular in the past five to ten years. Thank you HGTV, some plug there, but. Uh, the natural stone is still very popular, especially in the custom homes and remodeling. And if you've ever had a chance to walk a granite warehouse, a natural stone slab warehouse, some of the slabs that come out of Mother Earth are just amazing. It's I mean, like artwork. Oh, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. You could just basically hang some of these slabs on the wall for artwork. It's amazing. That's really cool. And I can hear the passion coming out oh. uh, of your voice talking about this. But one thing that I've got to ask, because I know I am super indecisive, talking about a plethora of options, I'm sure you have some crazy stories of people changing their minds, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, people will come in thinking they know exactly what they want, and then they start uh, taking a look at all the different options, and yeah. You can start with someone who totally had everything laid out, thought they were ready, and by the end, it's a total switch. It's like wedding dress shopping. I know you guys know sure. nothing about that, but yes, yeah. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever had somebody who was you know, really far down the line and then decided to change your mind, or somebody in particular who who kept altering between a few different finishes? Or are you pretty good at getting people to kind of nail down on one specific look and feel while they're in the showroom? Normally, we can get people to nail it down in one to three visits. But I have had some homeowners and clients that have literally come in 10 to 12 times and made, you know, 8 to 10 changes. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Well, that's their elective changes. I was going to ask about in this current environment right now with supply chain. And are you seeing, is that impacting the tile side? Is that impacting what's available from a flooring standpoint where somebody might need to make a, you know, original selection and then out of this tile, out of supply or something, and they might need to pivot to a different size or, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, shape or something like that? That's a great question. Fortunately for us at DesignWorks, our top four manufacturers that, that we deal with for floor tile, Florida Tile, Inner Ceramic, Atlas Concord USA, and Portobello USA are all manufactured here in the States, so we haven't ran into that with the tile so much. However, with uh, countertops, a lot of the, there's only two manufacturers of quartz countertops made in the United States, and the rest are pretty much from overseas, and that has been greatly impacted. So yes, it, it, sometimes you're you're going to have to switch out if you're doing a quartz countertop. It's very possible that you know you may have to make a reselect on a quartz. Gotcha, gotcha. And talking about tile, recently I've noticed that you know the you know last however many years gray was such a popular option right we had gray gray was everywhere and now we're we're coming into where we're seeing a lot more bold colors and patterns particularly in the tile space 
Do you think that trend is going to continue? And, and how do you see people using that trend? I think gray's still going to be around quite a bit. I do see beige and whites coming back heavily in, into the tile arena, especially the white marble looks, Calcutta, statuary. Those have come back very strong. You see a lot of that, uh, again, out, out there in the higher-end homes. The colors tend to cycle around every five to ten years. You know, the black and white mosaics, the black and white, bath trends those come back every five to ten years and you know there's only so much you can do with with the colors but yeah i think you're going to see gray start edging back some and go back to the white and beige yeah and why you know you you see different ways you can stack it where you can put it in terms of subway look or whatever it may be so white is always classic i think that's one thing you always got the classic there and we had a designer on one of our prior episodes and she was talking about the use of color and patterns that a lot of folks were looking at not, maybe not doing such large areas in them, but doing specific areas because they might be easier to change out if that style or taste changes down the road. And so talking about style and taste changing and traditional and classic, what do you look at as the, the classics? I'm going to switch over to the flooring side of the, of, of the house. What do you look at as when we say the classic and traditional styles for flooring? Well, again, I would go back to the natural stone Things like limestone, marble, sandstone, those are always going to be in style and and never go out of style. And the tile factories have picked up on that with the wonderful digital technology that there is today. You don't necessarily have to buy the natural stone. The porcelain tiles emulate it so well that the normal person can't walk into a house and discern the difference between the natural stone and the porcelain natural stone products. That's really interesting. And, you know, through all this conversation, even Ian just jumping from flooring, you know, from the tile conversation, it's very apparent that Design Works and your services in particular, Dan, are kind of this one-stop shop. And and that from, you know, talking with Matt and some of these other builders and remodelers, it seems to be kind of a golden goose, right? Is is we want to come to one place and we want to have everything be able to be handled from our client. Is that something that you would say really kind of sets you guys apart in the industry and these interior? finishes exactly the fact that someone can come into our showroom pick out the flooring pick out the counters pick out the cabinets and do that all in one space one place sometimes it takes a couple of visits to get all that done but it's so much easier to tile that in instead of having to pick up your heavy tile samples and drag them down the street to the cabinet place pick up your heavy countertop samples and drag them back to the tile place so you can do it all under one roof with our professional designers and it's it's really a pleasant experience that's awesome. And you spoke about how you kind of started in this industry from a home builder perspective. Right. What were you doing for that home builder? Were you working on interior finishes or how'd you kind of get your foot in the door? You're laughing, so I'm excited to hear about this story. Well, no, actually what happened with John Whelan Homes in Atlanta was I was working for Ward Painting and Decorating, which was a subcontractor that did all their interior painting on bookshelves, doors, trims, what have you. And I was going to move over to John Whelan Homes and they required a six month intermission between going from the sub to the builder. It was so John Whelan wouldn't pilfer the, the, the sub's employees. And in that six-month interim, 
that's when I just to pay the bills. I took an ad. I took. I followed an ad from Tile Contractor Supply and ended up becoming their assistant manager. So I, I kind of fell into it that way. I love it. Well, obviously you love it too because you've been in it for over thirty years now. So yes, and you had mentioned earlier as far as the architectural part. I spent some time with a company where I was a national rep, and I went around the country to the top architects out there, Gensler, HOK, and I did porcelain presentations for agents and architectural designers on porcelain and stone. So I spent quite a few years doing not only across the country, but then with another company, I focused more on the southeast. So, Dan, you mentioned about getting into it and, and going and doing those presentations about porcelain and tile. What, Just for my, my understanding, what year was that in, about, give or take, years? Uh, the, the architects in, yeah. uh, across the country? That was probably in 2015 to 18. Gotcha. All right. All right. And I was just wondering, because talking about, and I think I heard you mention earlier about some change in like technology and usually you don't think about stone and technology or wood and technology but how has what are some advancements that have changed over in your 30 plus years in in the industry what are some of the the technological changes that have helped out with improving products and not only products but performance i guess you'd say well, to show my age, when, when I first got into the business, mainly what you had for floor tiles was the traditional red body ceramic. Porcelain was just a commercial product that was slowly starting to, to come in from Italy. Since then, and you probably had three to four manufacturers that made red body product in the United States, and then you had a handful of importers that, that were bringing in the Italian porcelains. Since then... It's totally done a flip-flop. You've got literally 20 manufact 20 plus manufacturers of porcelains in the porcelain manufacturers in the United States and there's still a handful of red body as well but the technology with the firing and the I would say the biggest advancement is the digital technology where before it was almost printing these running these tiles they would go through a bell glaze and it was a pretty simple process there wasn't a lot of facial feature to the tile with the digital technology of today they can literally replicate anything from wood to stone to metals so the digital technology has been by far the greatest advancement and then the second thing would be size when I started out in this business you had a four by four for the wall and we all got tremendously excited when six by six came out <laughs> and but you still just had a handful of colors and you had probably four eight by eights to choose from and four or five twelve by twelves now with today's technology what we're seeing is is tiles as large as five foot by 10 foot panels that are going in floors and walls but traditionally in the most recent changes have been for probably four to five years you were seeing a lot of 12 by 24 rectangles on the floor and it's going back to the to the squares on the floor now the the 24 by 24 the 30 by 30 the 36 by 36 and if you do a rectangle on the floor, chances are it's going to be a 24 by 48 or it's going to be one of these 5 foot by 10 foot panels. So the, the size and the digital technology is really the, the two greatest advancements. I want to ask you a follow-up on that. You mentioned about the digital technology, and, and I'm not using the proper terminology probably, but the, the printing on the tile? 
used to, and it probably still is, that you know you wanted to make sure that all your tile came from one batch, right? Because Correct. of the consistency of it. Have those inconsistencies between batches kind of been lowered or is that still a prevalent you know kind of thought process or you know is it are tiles looking more precise with all the ornate you know popular trends and designs are you able to get more consistency out of it great question yes it has become more precise because the digital technology you still have to pay attention to lot numbers uh, depending on the the color and the style tile that you're using but it has it's gotten a lot better but you do still want to especially on some of the the more monolithic patterns you want to watch out for the lot numbers but yeah you, it's come a long way and another thing that the tile industry has wisely done in the past few years is there's so much shading inherent in the design that it's less noticeable f- when you do have a lot change gotcha so for our business, Dan, most of our clients are very focused on exterior projects, you know, beautiful outdoor kitchens and finishes and pavers and a variety of different elements. Do you find yourself working with designers from an exterior standpoint too, or are you mostly providing interior finishes? No, we're doing quite a bit of the uh, the outdoor kitchens, not only the flooring. Um, we still do a lot of the natural stone pavers. We offer that, but porcelain has come out with a 20 millimeter product with just uh, great looks again emulating stone wood even concrete the porcelain pavers are starting to take over a little bit of the the traditional four by eight brick paver market and then of course the the outdoor kitchens with the countertops are the natural stone is really prevalent there because you can't use a quartz outside for a countertop because it, it has some resins baked into the properties and those resins tend to yellow in the sun so the the natural stone is still very prevalent in the outdoor kitchen world and we're seeing quite a bit of that. Yeah, no, I mean, we obviously at Mosquito Nicks, we're protecting these beautiful outdoor spaces, right? So we don't have any input in the beautiful design. We just want to make sure people can enjoy it. And and people are obviously spending quite a bit of time outside. Oh, Yep. You mentioned um, HGTV too. So how has kind of over your 30 years in the industry, how has these shows and especially HGTV with kind of, you know, showing these beautiful interior finishes happening overnight, it seems. How has that impacted you guys with managing expectations from clients? You have to do a good job letting them know that it's not going to happen in two weeks. It is a process and you're absolutely right. The one thing that I'll say for HGTV is that it has opened everybody's eyes up to the wonderful finishes. They're big supporters of of tile, obviously, and countertops. But uh, managing the expectation that, oh, this is going to happen in two to six weeks, it's probably not, especially in today's climate. With the shipping problems that we're having that, you know, that are prevalent in all sorts of parts of the industry yeah that uh, two to six weeks is not a realistic time frame do you ever have anybody show up in the showroom and like i saw this on hgtv i want this and you got to figure out how to make that look happen has anybody walked in with that oh sure happens all the time hgtv pinterest and house.com get it all the time there you go. I guess it's good for people to have an idea of what they want, maybe. Well, that's but, what I was thinking. You know, yeah. you talk about all the, the different social, the media outlets, right? Whether it be social media, whether it be, you know, on television channels and people doing these renovation projects. 
I think if anything, it's gosh, it's done so much for the industry and the fact that people are like, Hey, I can do that. Oh, I could do that. You know, and it's, it's, it helps out with people getting ideas and motivation too. For right? sure. Yeah. Dan, what are some pages or, or how do you keep up to date with the trends? You know, are, do you follow certain magazines or TV shows or social media accounts or how do you keep up to date with all the different offerings? Or is that something that DesignWorks provides for you guys? Well, DesignWorks provides it. Our vendors, our manufacturers, the people that that we buy provide that a lot. But, you know, I would have to say that the way I personally do it is I follow so many of the local custom builders and designers on the social media outlets, Instagram, Facebook. You know, we have some of the greatest designers here in Jacksonville. And uh, all you have to do is follow just a few of them and you'll keep up with the trends. One thing I wanted to get back to that I hadn't asked yet, I wanted to ask you about it with LVP, with flooring, LVP flooring going into homes and it's become pretty popular. We're even seeing it now in these higher end custom homes. And you mentioned about traditional uh, with stone and wood being traditional. So LVP is kind of a new kid on the block. Do you see that sticking around? Do you see that trend continuing? You know, why are people choosing that and why has it become so popular? I believe it's become so popular because a lot of them present it to be waterproof and the fact that it's so easily changeable you, know, you can replace it if you have a problem with the, an area as long as you have a little attic or garage stock you can pop a new piece in fairly easy i think it's more popular in the in the apartment multifamily world and losing some ground in the residential home builder especially the custom home builder and remodeler because you can achieve those same looks that you're getting with the lvp with the porcelain and you get a much more durable product especially if if you were to experience a, a flood situation in your house yeah, and I think we were talking before we came on came on air. I guess that's the right term, right? We were talking about how if you do have something that happens in your house, it's easily to be you know taken up and fixed, or if a style or a preference changes, where stone or wood is glued down or mortared down or whatever, right. that's a lot harder to get up, right? So LVP, you can pop out, put something else down. So there, there's some advantages there, but I can see what you mean by being able to achieve those same type of looks with a more traditional type product. Yeah, and I guess if if you're someone that that you may think you want to change every five to six, seven years, again, it's a great product. But if tile or porcelain or stone properly installed will live the the life of the the home. It could literally outlive the life of the home if, if that were possible. So if properly installed and properly picked out correctly the first time, you never have to replace tile or stone. So that's one of the benefits that, that I f- have always found that's great with porcelain or, or tile or stone is it sustains the life of the, the home. Gotcha. Well, we have a few minutes left, and I wanted to get into something fun that some folks might not know, or actually millions of people probably do know about Dan, but they just might not ever put it together. But he is a world-famous actor. If you've ever seen the movie RoboCop... 
Dan is not the man inside the <laughs> inside the RoboCop uniform. But Dan, tell us about it. I mean, you're a full fledged, you know, big screen actor. I wouldn't go so far to say that. I had a, a fun time up in Atlanta with a friend of mine who had a friend that was a casting agent, and uh, I had a couple of weeks to spare as a younger man, and ended up as being what they call a reoccurring extra on RoboCop. I was one of the SWAT team members, and if you can show up for consecutive shoots, they call you a reoccurring extra, and there's more of a chance of, of you getting some screen time. However, I, I never got any actual lines in that movie. I thought I was going to make my big break in a movie called Free Jack with Mick Jagger and Emilio Estevez and Anthony Hopkins. Like Kevin Costner in The Big Chill, my one big scene got cut out on the cutting room floor and I thought I was going to be standing next to Mick Jagger on the big silver screen, but that didn't happen. But it was fun doing that. It, you know, I, I didn't get to spend a lot of time doing it, but it, it was a great experience. That's awesome. So, I mean, did your RoboCop scene make it on the big screen? Yeah. Now, the funny part is, is one of the scenes that I'm in, you can't really, especially not now, I don't look anything out like I did back then, but you can see me in a couple of scenes. I could freeze frame it on the old VHS recorder and point to all my friends and say, there I am, you know, that. but in Free Jack, I was mainly wearing a helmet. So the one scene I wasn't wearing a helmet was the, the one with Mick Jagger that got cut out. Oh, well, there you go. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch RoboCop. I, I haven't know. seen that in... And I think they do a remake of it, I think, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. we're talking the original, original RoboCop. Right. Yeah, we've got to go back and watch that one now. I, so. need, to, I need to first get Dan's autograph. <laughs> quite the celebrity in our presence. <laughs> well, no, not quite. I, it's, when, you, when I heard that about you, it maybe took me back when I was in college. Adam Sandler was filming Waterboy in I Orlando. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so... I technically was in that movie. Oh, uh, were you really? Yeah. Well, I was in the stands, in the football stands. Yeah, and it was so yes. disappointing. Not disappointing, but like you learn these little tricks. They had all these cardboard cutouts of people. Like the stands aren't full. There's right. like somebody holding like three cutouts, right? And so we, uh, yeah, we got to go hang out on set and get a free lunch. That's it was, that was basically what it was about. That's get awesome. the free lunch when I was How in college. How old were you? I was probably tw- I don't know, 20. I was in college, ECF. Love it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. When I did Free Jack, the funny part was even though I was. I was one of uh, Mick Jagger's henchmen called a bone jacker, but because they were so short on extras, we would change out of that out of that costume, and they would put on regular street clothes, and then I'd be a guy standing on the corner watching this car chase. And so, did that give you multiple times to be in the credits, as if you played different roles like Street Walker no, no. and Bone I'm Jacker? The, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. That, that, I, I so wish I was in the credits to show my kids and stuff. Yeah. I, I've got some movie pictures, some pictures we took on set and stuff, of, and to hang out with some of the actual stars but not listed in any oh. of the credits so no well, well next time there's always more movies to be made yeah. you're, you're now listed exactly. on the punchless podcast too so it's pretty similar you know exactly yeah exactly. slightly almost there almost there well we're going to wrap up here in a second but dan tell us how can people if they want to learn a little bit more about you design works get in touch with you what's the best way to do it how can they find you how do they find design works tell us a little bit about that so Design Works is located at 9093 Phillips Highway. We're on the main corridor there just between Shad and Sunbeam. They can go to our website. They can call. They can walk in. They can schedule an appointment. You don't have to have an appointment. It's our preferred. I can be reached through the main number or through my cell, 904-228-0804. And uh, 
all you have to do is give us a call and we'll get you in there and get you started. Awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you for Design Works being a proud supporter of Northeast Florida Builders Association, the Custom Builder and Remodeler Council. Thank you for being on today's episode. Hope you had fun. Hope you think about coming back sometime in the future. Oh, I had a blast and I'd love to come back. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Punchless Podcast. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit the subscribe button and also follow us on Instagram at the Punchless Podcast.